and and we're live so it says um so hey everybody this is our third attempt tonight to do this uh broadcast so please bear with us if, it, if there has to be a fourth uh there, there will just have to be a fourth but we're gonna hope that the third time's a charm and um <laughs> there's adam it's just at the nick of time coming in now but he's still yeah okay he's he's with us i'm dave mater as well by the way okay welcome Adam. welcome okay so uh we're here talking about star trek the original series the first season uh episode 14 the balance of terror which is the introduction of the romulans we're here with ted mater my dad and jeff's dad jeff's mater is also here i'm joining studio here. Here. we're rushing this intro i'm rushing this intro <laughs> because i don't know if i'm ever get this podcast in so it's like it's uh, this possible. is the, it's the it's the podcast of terror it uh, is. It is for sure. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by our friend Adam Woodward. How are you doing tonight, Adam? <laughs> technical issues all over tonight. Yes, everyone's having technical issues. Uh, uh, Adam's a bit delayed too, but that's all right. Am I really? Yeah, just a little bit. You're not too uh, you anyway, let's go. You can try set, turning down your uh, yeah, just like in terms of video, but we might be. It could be us. Could be us. Could be us. Okay, so we're here talking about uh, the balance of terror, as mentioned, the first introduction of the Romulans. And uh, man, what a great episode! Wow, I hadn't seen this in a minute. I knew it was good. I, I'm going to state my claim right now. This is the best episode of the original series. Well, mic drop, mic drop, mic drop, right there. I liked it, but it was it was not my favorite one. Oh. It's my, it's the best one. Okay, we got a dissenter yeah, in the we'll ranks. Find out. Okay, uh, Adam. Uh, your your thoughts on Balance of Terror? I liked it, but it was a little slow. Mm -hmm. I think you said last week, Hunt for October. Uh, yeah. It is. It is Hunt for it the is. Red October. It's basically that, yeah. Run silent, run deep, or whatever. Or maybe this inspired the Hunt for the Red October right. a little bit. Um, and, and then, Dad, Dad, where... Uh, what do you think of the Balance of Terror? And the, So you hadn't seen this before. I know you love that episode, The Enterprise Incident. With the Romulan commander, the woman uh, uh, who, and then the three yes. Romulan ships, but uh, you you weren't familiar with this episode, so I am kind of curious to see what you uh, think and hear uh, of it. No, I I had forgotten about it, you know. But you had you you remembered it then when you watched it's it. It's a it's a very, very uh, one of the best, and I agree with Jody. Yes, okay. the yes. best. Oh, yeah. I'm putting it down as the best episode of the original series. And what I had to re refresh myself. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, um, I wouldn't say it, it's even like in my top five or anything like that because it's it's not it's not a very um character centric episode. It's very plot centric. It's very. Um, oh, I disagree. I, I disagree I, completely. I completely disagree with that. But anyway, go ahead. What, what do you mean? Like, well, who's it focused on? Kirk. Kirk is fantastic in this episode. It's all, yeah, it's, all it's all about Kirk and it's all about the Romulan commander. And, and the really way even Kirk, even the way this about, episode it's about his decision makings and it's about like him as a captain, but yeah. it's not really about his backstory or anything like that or you know. No. It, it, no, so it's not it's not I wouldn't yeah. say it's a very like it's it has a lot to do with Spock too because you know Spock's um well, you know, very much um prejudice. it's a theory at this point that the, the Romulans are are like a, a distant ancestor of the Vulcans. Um but at the same time like like it, that th this like I get that why you guys like it but for me it's not why I watch Star Trek. Uh it, it's good. It's like it's a fun episode. It's it's definitely interesting but for me why I watch Star Trek is like episodes like um <laughs> Uh, the the Joan Collins one, uh, 
uh, uh, City on the Edge of Forever. Uh, forever. Uh, those are why I watch Star Trek, so I would put that much higher in my rankings because it, it's there's more emotion and uh, for me in the episode. Well, that's why we do these podcasts, right? Like everybody has their own opinion. It's 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 that simple. But the the thing I love about this episode, there's so many good things going for it. The direction's great. Um, the the cinematography is fantastic. Every, it's every, the use of light. Yeah. The use of light and shadow and everything in this episode is phenomenal. You don't get better than that. It's this should be this, in my opinion, should have been the textbook definition of what they should have did for an episode. Like it was, it was really well done. Um, I, I to this day, I still can't believe this is a this is the first season episode. Like, like yeah, and it was only about the sixth or seventh episode they produced. So yeah, they only produced. Yeah, it was like the seventh episode they produced, but it air date was it aired it aired later on, yeah. probably because it had more special effects and things. Yeah, that, they had to do some post production on and, it. But um, it, it's I I've, I I think it's fantastic. The story's good. I I I agree with Adam to a degree though that it, it does go a little bit slower than it should. Um, but it's not as slow as the is the Joan Collins episode. That Joan Collins episode is slow. <laughs> as I so love I would, that's I would a slow disagree. burn. Yeah, this one's pretty slow as well. Um, especially like the whole beginning yeah. where he's he's starting to marry the two couple, the couple, and then it goes to what condi- was it condition red or like it wasn't red condition alert yellow condition red or something like yeah. that and. Uh, well, uh, the first it, the first season was like that though. There was a lot of stuff they didn't really carry over yeah. too nicely here. I think I think we got I think this is kind of what also bugs me about modern well, TV. Well, they were working into things. Yeah. That yeah. like that I what I like about it is that it feels more real. It feels more lived in. Like mm-hmm. that space takes a long time to get around. Like that it, it not everything has to be like a fast moving beat even, story. Even if you look at like the last shot right. of, of the show, the last shot of the show is right after Kirk leaves uh, the girl in the chapel. Uh, and he like gives her a hug and shit like that. And then he's like, you know, comforting her. And then the last, the last scene in the show is Kirk just walking through one of the hallways. But it, it's like, we're now going back to day to day. Like that's the, it, it's almost like, it went full circle. Like it started as him doing the daily operations. Then this incident happened and then it went back to daily operations again. So I, I kind of like how they did that. The The episode itself, in my opinion, is one of the best shot episodes of the series. It's definitely uh, cinematography is very good in this episode. Yeah. Shot very well. I would definitely put high marks up for those things. The special effects look pretty good. Uh, the plot's very tense, I would say, which is it, it, it does its job, right? Oh, yeah. Um, which, which, um, the, uh, like it is amazing that they they were able to make this good of an episode that early, uh, but for me, like it's like I, I wish they spent a little bit more time on the the couple getting married at the beginning. Like I feel like they're barely in the episode. Well, and, um, I think they're just there so that way you can see what the 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 actions led to, right? Like they're yeah. death happens, right? You know, so. that's right. Yeah. And the nice thing about it is, like, even when you see at the end where he's consoling the um, the woman, I can't remember her name, uh, but when he's consoling the woman, like, you can see how he's got a little bit of emotion to him, but not enough to, like, full out break out. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the fact that this is this is one of the first episodes that I can honestly say that Shatner didn't over fucking act or he didn't he didn't chew up the scenery like nuts. Like I he, agree with yeah, that's a good point. That Shatner is job. surprisingly reserved in oh, this yeah. part. Uh, it's it's a it's it's almost like somebody said, yo, tone it down a bit for this one. Because and he just tried it. And it worked. We know Shatner can ham it up at the best oh, of times, yeah, right? Yeah, but sure. um 
Anyway, sorry, we've we've been going for we've been talking sorry. for a, a few a few minutes here, uh, Adam. People so people are to say that this is one of the slow. <laughs> say it again. I think he just froze. Are you there? No, say it again, Dad. Whatever say he said, it, it was yeah. funny. We lost it. Did you get that? No, no. no. I said. <laughs> And this people are going to say this is one of the slowest podcasts we've ever had. Well, they might be right. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely one of the latest. Just because the done. internet's slow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Uh, that that yes. nasty c word causes a lot of uh, stress on. No, that's my fault. Yeah. I mean, COVID, okay. By the way, not the. Uh, Adam, Adam, I know we've been we've been talking pretty nonstop yes. for for a Company. few minutes. Well, so, Adam, let's so like, let's get you in here. Your Double thoughts. Thing. So, so yes, it was an early episode. Mark Leonard was fantastic. You can see why he came back. Mm -hmm. he, he's awesome. And you're right. There wasn't really tense issues. There's tense, tense, uh, tense scenes in there where you're waiting for something. Um, I got, I got to tell you, watching Ohura go throw herself against the turbo left door was fantastic. <laughs> I hope we get to see that. Um, uh, I can. We'll have to I'll have to find that. But um, yeah. yeah, well, actually, was and, and and speaking of Ohura, like um, when that really racist uh, lieutenant gets sent down to weapons control or whatever. She has to take the con. She has to take the con. And she, is she looks like such a boss when she, when oh, she, yeah. when she takes over. She's like, she, this is where I should always be. Yeah, she gets, right. yeah. Oh, yeah, but you know, good. what's interesting about this episode is, you know, I mean, start, again, what you say is this number six, episode six? Uh, six or seven, like in terms of production order. Production but, order, it's about six or seven, but the actual air date was about 15. Okay. 14. So they hadn't had a lot of time to set up the, you know, the sensibilities of, of that time frame and all that. But <clears throat> I'm always amazed when I watch Star Trek is when they, they pull out, you know, a bigot or a racist, uh, you know, in the future. And, and they did it very well here, you know, but they also t touched on a war and a family event. And I, I think when you look at that character styles, he, he was really good at that uh, hatred for the Romulans. Mm -hmm. And you know, later in, and I always go to Next Gen, there was an episode with O'Brien where you can see, you know, he had uh, history from the Cardassian Wars. And that, oh, that's yeah, really, I remember that episode, yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, you don't expect it out of Star Trek to see that. And, you know, coming out of, you know, last week's episode, Interracial Kiss, blah, 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 you know, seeing that, that bigotry was really interesting, I thought. I think... Well, yeah, and I think it's 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 poignant with the whole like a lot as we've talked about before. A lot of these actors and and even Gene Roddenberry himself, World War II veterans, right? Like World War II was only twenty years earlier, yeah. um, and World War II movies in the fifties and sixties were very popular. Yeah. So and Korea was just ten years, honestly. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of those themes, like people, like obviously the Japanese internment and George Takei himself was in the Japanese internment camp and how people would treat um, people that they would associate with being with the enemy. And Spock feels that here because I guess Stiles' grandfather fought in the Earth-Romulan War and they suspected that the Romulans were somehow connected to the Vulcans, but they didn't know. And, yeah. and so when they finally see that the Romulan commander on the screen, after they hack their, their bridge or whatever... They, you know, he treats uh, Spock very badly, right? Oh, yeah. And I love the ad where when Mr. Spock saves his life, he's like, "I just saved you because I need you to do your job." Yeah, I, he's like, <laughs> he's like, "I just need a good helmsman." I didn't uh, save you because I like you. I didn't save you because you're a cool guy. Or <laughs> Uh, I just, yeah, I, and, and that gets back to the same point that I had, which is, you know, it's, 
the nice thing about this episode is it hits a lot of it hits a lot of those standard things that we like to see in Star Trek. Um, the cinematography, again, top notch in my opinion. Um, everything about this episode I just like. Um, the only complaint I really have about it, honestly, is probably what Adam said, where there is times where it goes a little slower than it should. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think that's forgivable based on everything else I get from it. Yeah. And so much got established in this episode, you like uh, just at the beginning. So the Star Trek wedding that oh, the, the the wedding that starts off this episode off um, is like that became the words that Kirk says in the scene, like you know, since the graves of the the days of the great wooden ship vessels, uh, you know, it's been uh, uh, shipmasters happy CBS privilege. Was used in, yeah, uh, they used it. Next uh, gen movie Voyager used it. Uh, yeah, yeah, so like the, those words, like, that becomes like what captains have to say for yeah. Star Trek. Uh, it's established here. Uh, I think even just the idea of like there could be a wedding on a starship, right? Because Starfleet was presenting men and women serving side by side in kind of a submarine setting, right? Yeah. And in the 1960s, that was unheard of, right? That yeah. was unthinkable almost, right? Because, you know, it, cool. it took. 20 30 years of, of social progress to, to kind of change that but that was being presented here and, and and it's i like how it's presented because you know even though at times i think the original series shows women as being scared and then the man has to like they're there dear and then it's all better like that's probably you know if you can complain about anything it's probably that but the rest of the time like it's very professional well like, star uh, trek is a fairly sexist show to begin with like it's uh, how they treat a lot of the women plots and stuff yeah like that for sure so it's it's yeah, kind of nice to this episode where that didn't really exist like there's nothing in there that i would consider as offensive like you get to see uhura take you know no predominant role on the deck uh, it's just uh i no, there's nothing in this episode that i think nothing really is that but that, that is often what i what i've noticed as doing this podcast is that kirk's role is to like there, there, don't be scared. I'm the brave man who's going to yeah. save you. Which, like, you know. Well, he doesn't even really say much of anything, like, when he's consoling her at the end. Like, he doesn't say a lot. Like, No, he's like, who are you? Yeah, well, he knew who she was. <laughs> kind of. You yeah. know, he just kind of gave her a hug and sniffed her hair, and which was kind of creepy. And after that, uh, that was it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he goes about his merry way at the last in the last scene. So it's, it's I just think it's a good episode. So, oh. Dad, how, how did this episode change your opinion of the Romulans? Well, this was the first time we ever saw the Romulans, so there was no opinion. I know, no, but th- we're talking about the rewatch. Looking back, because you hadn't watched, you could, you didn't remember this episode. Are you here? Oh, the rewatch. No, yes. I know, but. Uh, the Romulans were bad news like the Klingons. We knew that they were both bad news. Um, as public enemy number one and number two for the right. Either order, right? Well, kind of, yeah. Like bad the- news, didn't like these guys. Didn't, they were like Germans. They were like Japanese. They were like – and uh, so uh, when these – I think it's not helping him that he's cutting. Guys came on the scene. They were like him now. Well, Jeff's on the same internet connection, but yet his is fine. <laughs> yeah, but he's on he's on the main router. No, it's his computer too. Uh, it's it's his computer. Ted, Ted, we need he's to upgrade your computer. Um, <laughs> he's really delayed. I can hear him. Talking. I go down in his. <laughs> You you could go down with Jeff too, but you know just 
that's neither here nor there. I could. <laughs> Touched a bit of a nerve there. <laughs> okay. Well, what? Um, yeah. Just like, stoned. And like Adam, in the greater aspect, like in the in the in the greater uh, context of Star Trek, like the neutral zone, things like that, like um, just the, the the backstory with the Romulans and the characterization of this Romulan commander, because you know, that they're incredibly committed to duty and honor. And if you show weakness, they will try to conquer you. And like, but that they're not, ne not evil. Yeah, they're like the Japanese. More like the Japanese. Adam, do you, do you agree they're like the Japanese? <laughs> I, I, you know what? Yeah. I, they, for, for me, this episode, they were, um, the they, Japanese, always... a lot of the Japanese in the war, they sort of planes right into ships. There is something going on with him, and I don't know what it is. Is this the thing? Take him out and make him come back in. Well, I, I just muted him, so I don't think it's him. I have to figure out who it is. It's Adam. It's Adam. There's like a lot of um, some sort of weird noise in the background, background noise or something. Oh, stand by. Well, we just lost Ted. But that's okay. When are you moving okay. out, Jeff? Uh, August first, uh, right? Yep. So. Uh, you're going to uh, so maybe he can d plug directly into the router. Nope. Yeah, he's not no, going to do we've that. We've lost. We, no, he's not going to do that. We all know this. Well, I guess we're just talking about this now. All right, we're just talking about this now. Right. Here, let's. Comes back. Let's. Okay, Jeff. Oh no! Did we lose Jeff? <laughs> yeah, we we literally just lost Jeff. I just heard him leave the room. So how's it going, Dave? Hey, how pretty good, Jody. How are you? Ah, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, All right. we got Adam back. Uh, I think he's coming back. We have, we have him he's twice. In black and white now. I have two of them. We have two Adams. Seem to. How did we get two Adams? I don't know. I'm gonna take this one out. Yeah, I don't know why it's so bad, but it's really bad. All right. What's so bad? He's talking to your dad. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, we've moved them in. Adam's having a terrible internet connection. Yeah, Adam's having problems. So too. something's going on, but uh, in the north of Burlington, um, there he is again. Where's your camera? Right there. Oh, okay. Wow, Ted, you sound so much better on that one. Yes, you can hear me. <laughs> it's not delayed about a minute. Yeah, right, I was trying got, to ask Adam. Back I was now. trying to ask Adam questions, but you thought they were for you. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, we got Adam. Your video's not great, but we can hear you. We can hear you. All right. Having some issues might, here. Tonight. This might be the literally worst episode we've ever done of this. That's <laughs> what he thought about the episode now. Now he can tell you in real time. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. How about that? You go first because we really couldn't hear you. You were cutting in and out. Um, okay. This was... Uh, this was um, these Romulans are bad news guys, okay? We don't like them in the universe. And uh, they were Klingons and Romulans were the top two adversaries to the Star Trek, right? Well, yeah. They, I, I'd say that the Romulans and the Klingons are and the two most famous, like, antagonistic, reoccurring oh, yeah, species. Yeah. 
empires, whatever. And so every time there's an issue, these guys are coming up to the forefront as being public enemy number one and two. And we don't like them. Uh, and uh, we don't mind taking them on. Adam. <laughs> Poor Adam's having a hard time today. Adam, you're dropping every two minutes or two, uh, 10 seconds. Adam dropped him again. There he is. They're, they're burying my cable. Oh, that's what it is. Oh. Ah. So we may lose you again then. Okay. Keep trying. Um, right. So, okay. Adam, do you agree that the Romulans are bad news or do they have perhaps more nuance to them? Uh, okay. I, I really like this commander. Um, oh, the if, commander's good. Yeah. You know, he's, he's meticulous. He's crafty. He's planned. Uh, there's nothing, nothing impulsive about these Romulans. Uh, Klingons, a little more impulsive. Um, you, that's you know, an understatement, but yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I respected them. I, I thought that you know they had a good tactics. They had they had a plan. They were trying to take. I mean, it was it was a really well done um, uh, tactical situation they were trying to do here. I mean, you know, they also have respect for for Kirk, which is kind of cool too. I think. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's that chess game that they play, and you know, ooh, my opponent's actually quite good. Uh, right. I like, you know, um, and, and then also, yes, you know, they, they are, uh, towards their own people, they, they get a little angry and they, they're, they can get rid of them pretty quickly, but they're also a respect there too for, for, um, for the hierarchy and the chain of command. Right. But, you know, they're willing to take it over as well. So, yeah, I think also like just is the whole thing is that this episode's kind of about there are two sides to war and they spend a lot of time with the Romulan commander, but also his first officer. They just call him Centurion. He later, he dies in the episode and he gets ejected. Like he's like, and throw him out the window to throw off the throw off Kirk. Yeah. Who's on our, who's chasing us. And, um, it's a sound tactic, but I think it, but it, it's, it humanizes them. Like, you know, even though they're, they're aliens, like it, you, you go, I can see, that they have sort yeah. of their cause. They're based on the Romans, right? Like Romulus and Remus. Was, you know, those are ancient Romulan names, or sorry, not Ro Roman. Uh, the only thing that I can't stand about them, other than the stupid helmets that they wear, is that fucking bird painting on the bottom of their ships. I love that bird painting. Me mental. That's a beautiful what, ship. Oh, it's so silly. It's a bird. Like, it's a why bird. do they have an Earth bird? Plastered all over. They might the have. Ship. It, it's a, it, it, They have birds. It's on an Earth bird. It could be. They, it's just a. <laughs> so many aliens look human. Why can't there be more uh, birds? This is true. We we had to work with what we got. I guess. Right. You know. You know that scene though, where he ejected the body and the debris to yeah. you know throw off the Enterprise. Um, that was also used in I think the Cruel Sea with Jack Hawkins, like nineteen forty something. And then also in U five seven one, they use the same thing. They they ejected a, a body out of the torpedo tombs, you know. So. Oh, I didn't know that. No, so that's that, yeah, that, that's been used a lot. Was with uh, Matthew McConaughey, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, good movie. Yeah. Not very historically accurate, but good movie. <laughs> and Jeff, just like from uh, like the with the whole uh, establishment of like cloaking devices and all of that being part of the universe and the tensions between these two governments and the flare up because like, like this is, this is good, but 
I really love when the Romulans come back later on in the next generation. Like in the episode, uh, it's Marco Limo who plays Gold Ducat in yes. Space Nine. He played a Romulan in the first appearance back. I think it's called. I think it's called the neutral zone. I think that's the uh, yeah. I think you're right. It's called when the Romulans after like uh, we're left. I understand that the Romulans kind of go very reclusive for about a hundred years or about eighty years or so. Well, um, and this cat and mouse type plot is something that's been reoccurring in all the other Star Treks as well. Like Next Gen had an episode uh, which was very similar, uh, which actually was pretty close to the one that you're talking about now. And then, well, DS Nine. I don't know if DS Nine did, but you know, it was th- that whole cat and mouse type thing where. You know, I, I, all I every time I think of this, I always think of the Briar Patch, right? Yeah, <laughs> from uh, from the, uh, which one is that? Insurrection, That's, insurrection. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's it's it, it. I think the Romulans are are pretty solid for a first introduction to them. I think it's a pretty solid introduction. Um, I think you kind of get the gist of who they are, and I agree with Adam. Like they they're very. It, they're they're a lot more predictable than the Klingons. That's for sure. Like you, mm-hmm. you know kind of what they're going to do but not exactly to what degree they're going to do it which is right. cool. i think it's, it's it's a smart introduction because they're like we kind of know who they are but we don't and they're kind yeah. of like this mythical people and so as as kirk and the crew are learning about them so are we and i think that you know that that's that's a, yeah. a great thing but there's they they kind of already know they are and jeff i know you had said that this is not necessarily the best episode or your favorite episode but just this whole this whole thing with kirk and mccoy is one of the most famous Star Trek speeches. Yeah. Right? Like, you got that cued? Yep. But like, on that bridge. look at Shatner's look on his face. Like, that's good acting. Some bones. He's trying hard. He's trying. Yeah. And this this whole thing that McCoy says. Customer Jim. In this galaxy, there's a mathematical probability of three million Earth type planets. And in all of the universe, three million million galaxies like this. And in all of that, and perhaps more. Only one of each of us. Don't destroy the one named Kirk. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just like I—I I, I think you guys are geeking out about a little bit about the establishment of the Romulans, the establishment of a bunch of things that Star Trek hadn't done yet, and it's a good dramatic episode. But is it the best episode for Star Trek? Not for me. It's—it's uh, it, it, it's good. It's it definitely top ten. Um, but I, I don't, I'm not like, I don't, I don't go, Oh my God. Like I love this episode so much. Uh, it's great, but it's not I, I like, like it, yeah. I put it as my favorite or anything like that. I, I like it from all of the things that it accomplishes in the episode. It, it's got great cinematography. It's got pretty good pacing other than there is a couple times where it's not too bad. I like how it starts and kind of ends the same way where it's day to day. And that's kind of cool. It's almost like a cycle of life thing. Um, the, some of the shots are phenomenal. I love I I love the shot with the the widow and Kirk in the doorway. Mm-hmm. That's a great shot. Just like this, like um, the way they set up the, the cinematography. Yeah, yeah, there's another shot where there's there's Kirk, but he's trying to decide what he's going to do, and half of his face is completely black. 
So it's almost like he's conflicted on which side he's going to go. Um, stuff like that. It's just, to me, I think from, from an episode making viewpoint, I think it's a great episode. Um, the, the story could be a little bit better. I think, it, it, you know, and I think that's kind of where you're going. Jeff is you're, you're looking for more of a story. Um, and yeah. stuff like that. Like the Romulans, whether the Romulans are there or not, doesn't really matter to me. I just like the whole cat and mouse thing. I like the, I like how it's shot and everything. It's just, it, to me, it's just, it, this is kind of what the template of what the episodes should all be like. It's That's very kind of similar to what Adam said about U571. It's a very similar almost setup, except in U571, we only get to really see it from the Americans' point of view. In this, yeah. in this episode, we get to see it from both point of views. And it's kind of like a metaphor for a destroyer versus a submarine. Yeah. Where the Enterprise is the destroyer and the Romulans are like the submarine. Right? Yeah, that's actually uh, a very good point. I never even thought of that. Yeah, good. You know, it's so- exactly what it is. And I, I, I just enjoy I, I like I like this space combat uh, part of this Star Trek universe like that they go on to have, obviously, Dominion Wars and all that stuff. You know, like, uh, what is it like to have a war in space? What is that like? You know, what's the, what are the what what what's the practicalities of that and limitations and um, and so, uh, so more so than Star Wars and yeah, that like kind of as stuff. as I'm rewatching this and one of the reasons why I agreed to do this uh, when Dave originally came to me with the idea or whoever did I can't remember I think it was Dave um, is Ted's going to rewatch them and I'm going to rewatch them. And it's a series that I didn't touch in almost 20 years. Like it's, I, I, I always avoided the original episodes. I didn't have any need to rewatch them. Uh, but now I'm kind of, I'm kind of trying to think of what would little Ted think when, when he's watching this episode, <laughs> well, he's eating his cereal or his dinner, depending on when it came on. Um, you know, how would Ted, how would Ted react to this episode as a little child, uh, when this episode first aired, you know, how would you react to it? And I think this is an episode that I would go gaga over. I would be like, remember, this is fantastic. Remember, remember one thing, Jody, that you have that I didn't. Uh, you have history of all these other different Star Trek versions that have come out after. Yeah. None of that existed. And that, and that's why that's how I try to watch the episodes, quite honestly, Ted, is I try to approach them as somebody who doesn't know anything going forward. So that's why I really like this episode because this episode establishes a lot of things for me. It establishes the fact that, you know, he's not, he's not a heartless captain, but he's a captain that's still going to get his shit done. Right. Like he, he has things to do. People die. He gets it. You know, there's one scene where he's like, well, how many, you know, how many casualties was there? And someone says like 29 or something like that. And he just kind of, he's got this kind of grimace look on his face and then he's just keeps going, you know, like that's kind of what you It's like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders, right? I think, I think it is. Yeah. I think it establishes the Kirk character a little bit better than it did in previous episodes that came before this. Um, you know, it's it to me like, but I, I also agree with Jeff on this one. Like Jeff, Jeff, you know, the episode with Joan Collins, I can never remember the name of it. Um, but that episode, you know, fantastic episode. It really shows the character of Kirk and Spock and even to a lesser degree, McCoy. Um, but you know, same thing. Oh, here it goes. Assassins! A very lesser degree, McCoy. Yes, for sure. A very lesser degree for McCoy, but yeah. still. Okay. I, I guess characterization of this episode is a little more warm for him. But I think <laughs> if I originally watched this episode when it first aired, at the end of this episode, I would have been definitely content with what I just saw. I'd be like, this is awesome. This is great. I'm hooked. You know? 
this would be an episode that would sell the series for me, in my yeah. opinion. Hey Jody, just I, I'm like I'm unlike you as far as I, I haven't watched these episodes for years, mm-hmm. but I don't go in like blind. I, I actually I like to see the history now. I like okay that that Romulan again set the tone for what we see now. Or you know, mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. so cool how they stayed true to you know. Yeah, to, there's to, there's some things that won't make any sense with the newer stuff, um, with this stuff happening. Like they, this kind of screws up Discovery, doesn't it? Well, it's and it screws up Enterprise a lot too. It does uh, screw up Enterprise for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, you know it's that's fine. You know it is what it is. Yeah, but it's all the idea, yeah. That, Enterprise and Discovery are not. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, they're great. But oh, they're, here, they're, don't start Jeff on Enterprise. <laughs> I like Enterprise. Don't get me wrong. I do too. I think was what he was going to say. They don't really exist to the canon of the show. Correct. Well, the the thing that Spock says in this episode when he's introducing the Romulans, we fought this war a hundred years ago. There were no view screens. We fought with like primitive primitive atomic weapons, and that doesn't really line up with what. We saw in everything in, else we've seen in Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Like a hundred years ago, but wasn't that archaic? You remember, they were also making the show, and this was just the show back then. They could do whatever the hell they wanted. True. Um, you know the fact that we screwed it up later on with other with other series. Yeah, that no, isn't their fault. Not their fault. No, <laughs> no. But, the, the story they were trying to tell in 1966. But, but exactly, Adam. It, it's really cool to see how some of this stuff started. Um, like I don't, I don't think this is the first time that they mentioned the neutral zone in Star Trek, but. It's it's definitely very prominent in this episode. Uh, we even yeah, get to see it on the view screen. We get to see what's going on. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and then like the point, you know, where Kirk Kirk in that that little dialogue you just showed there, he says, "I don't know if I'm doing the right thing." I mean, he should be thinking that every episode. <laughs> He's constantly doing the wrong thing. But we, that we, gets we, back <laughs> to my point. And and yeah. we we started when Jeff and I first started talking. Jeff is like, "Well, it doesn't really establish Kirk." Uh, like there's there's nothing that's really changing with with any of the characters here like they're not progressing at all which i agree to the most part but i think you see a little bit of a different kirk in this episode in my opinion uh this is a little you know just like you do in that episode with joan collins like that's that's a totally different kirk than any other kirk we've seen right so i think it's nice to see that he has a lot of reservations to his actions and I think that's kind of nice because before this, we kind of saw a lot of episodes of Kirk being, you know, I know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, what are you? <laughs> Sometimes he's very cocky. Decisions. Yeah. yeah. But I my, think- my favorite scene in this episode, sorry to okay, guys off, uh, but okay. is the boardroom scene where they're discussing whether or not to like basically attack or destroy this vessel because they're like, this vessel is going to That's, that's when Spock cr- crumbles the uh, thing, right? Yeah, yeah that their, their weapon is extremely powerful. Uh, let's find that conference room. Yeah, and Spock's like, you know, he, he, he's the logical guy, and he's like, I think we should blow them up. Yeah, it, you know, like <laughs> he 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 takes no like no emotion about it. He's just like, no, we should destroy them. Like, well, he says, and, especially and since really they are related it. to Vulcans. Yeah. Yes, he says that too. Uh, but but like he he makes a point to say like the like again kind of like it stays true to the character of Spock, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. He, they're yeah. they're trying to uh, prevent an intergalactic war between you know thousands of people, millions of people, and at the same time they're 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 going to decide to cause an act of violence to do that. You know, so they're they're weighing those decisions, and Sulu's actually really good in this scene too. Uh, this is one of the first times where I'm like, "Wow, Sulu actually has something to do." 
Yeah. You know, well, it's so, like it's, uh, uh, it's actually like an early conference room. Like they don't do this a ton in the original series where Kirk's just around the, the room with his senior officers. Yeah. Um, he tends to talk to Spock and McCoy more, usually in his quarters, but this was an example. Well, this one, even the racist guy. He's invited. He's even invited. Like, <laughs> who invites the racist guy? Like, you know. This is before they had checkers. This, this is true. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, like let's find that. Yeah, Hura just takes that takes that seat like command, man. She's just like, I'm in there. It's fine. I got this. Where's that ship? Oh, right, we're, we're getting close to the end minutes. here. Twenty twenty three for twenty four minutes, dude. Look, look! How, oh, cloaking! Whoa, do you see that? Yeah, but I think that's a special effect that they added later. Yeah, it is. But like, look how gorgeous that ship is. It's so great. Oh, it's not gorgeous um, at all. Anyway, a fucking bird on it. It's kind of tacky looking. That's what I. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm a a car with that bird. That is that is literally the Firebird, the Pontiac Firebird. It's not the Pontiac Firebird. It's literally that guy. What are you talking about? No, what are you saying? This is this is something that Hasselhoff would be driving in the 70s. This is 80s before the 80s. Yes. This is, <laughs> honestly, they might have even got their inspiration from Where this is ship. the ship. Oh, there it is. Uh, right there, right there. You just had it. You just had it. Where did it go? Oh, it's good. It just keeps anyway, going away. But just, you know what? Yeah. There. yeah. There. Oh, look at that thing. That thing should be painted on the front of a GTO or something. Like, look at it. Absolutely. Not only that, that is it's a gorgeous the, it's ship. It's the bottom end of it. Yeah, it's the bottom because it's it a bird like of prey. I get like the fact that it's a bird of prey. It looks like a Federation starship, not a Romulan. Exactly. <laughs> like, they'll later exactly. they'll later color them green and stuff, but um, the, the Romulan ships from Next Gen are definitely better than that one. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I like that. They brought it back in Star Trek Picard. They did. Yeah. Um, make it good. Yeah, that doesn't make it good. That's true. <laughs> I guess that doesn't make it good. Well, are we getting? I think I've run out of questions, so yeah, we too. we can move on to fun facts with Jeff. Ooh. Hold on, can oh, we, just see, we just see Hirogo flying across the the bridge because oh, we need to. Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of that's course, a good point. Uh, let's find that. Uh, I'm, you know what? Adam remembers is that this. at the beginning? I gotta find that. That's uh, can you about, read this, Adam? Uh, about halfway through, I think. Yeah, it's halfway. Um. Okay, so there's a bunch of good fun facts about this episode, guys. Well, while we queue this up, let's do it. This is the first appearance of the Romulans. Uh, they had never Obviously, been yeah. uh, shown before. Uh, Mark Leonard plays the Romulan commander, uh, an apparent enemy of the Enterprise and its crew. However, later in his career, he played the fame role of Spock's uh, father, Sarek. Yeah. So uh, we all already knew that, but just a fun Let's fact. be honest. It, it, we're, we're glad to have him because he's a great actor. Um, okay, so budgetary and time constraints prevented the makeup and costume costume departments from dressing up each Romulan in Vulcan ears as it was a lengthy progress uh, process to apply them. Uh, so that's they why they had the helmets, the helmets. That's yeah, why they put the helmets on. Makes sense. We know that they have pointy ears under those helmets. Well, we assumed they did, but we didn't actually see them. <laughs> we assumed they do, but they actually didn't in real life. See, this is why uh, I like fun facts with Jeff. I learned things. Yeah, that's why. The plot of this episode is based on the enemy below, with the Enterprise taking on the part of the American destroyer and the bird of prey with its cloaking device taking on the part of the submarine. This episode was also partly inspired by another World War II submarine drama, Run Silent Run, Run Deep, Deep, 1958, yeah. which was directed by Great. Robert Wise, who would later direct the motion picture, Star Trek The Motion oh, Picture. Oh, yeah. I never even put two and two together there. Yeah. 
born in 1958, the year that movie came out. So there you go. Fun fact. Fun fact. Ted Mater, uh, a future Star Trek fan. Network restrictions at the time for, forbid the tackling of any contentious subjects such as the Vietnam War, the Civil Rights Movement, the rise of feminism. Star Trek, under the guise of science fiction, boldly flouted these role, these rules. This story, for example, openly deals uh, with the subject of racism as reflected through Lieutenant Stiles' opposition to Mr. Spock. So, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess Adam was hitting on that more... Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, where you're saying it was dealing with bigotry, like a lot of a lot of uh, shows at the time were not allowed to do, like literally were not allowed. Yeah. So they got around that by making it science fiction and making it about the Romulans. No, they're based on the Romans. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, right? So uh, they they did good at that. Uh, the rarely seen command work uh, utility jumpsuits is worn by several crew members. Now this is something I did notice. I was like, who are those guys in engineering wearing those brown jumpsuits? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. They're they're enlisted people. Can you they're just enlisted. Up? Yeah, I can find them. Yeah, they're uh, they're near the beginning. He just queued the other thing up, though. I think they look I, very intently at the uh, the the air when Kirk is talking. I think it's great. Oh yeah, when he's like talking to the different departments here. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is where it, right, I think where it is. Um, right, right at the beginning there. Yeah, these guys, <laughs> right? So, okay. So as you know, the original series yellow, what we consider the gold uniform was actually green, right? More like dad's shirt. It was close. Well, yeah. it's actually closer to this jumpsuit that he's wearing, right? And so under the, but they're they're made with different materials. So under the different light, uh, the materials look different. It looked yellow, and so we think of we to this day, it's we consider it to be gold, but. It's actually green, uh, and so is this jumpsuit. So they have a, they have a blue version, uh, a red version, and this green version. And these guys are meant to be supporting in tactical. So they're command enlisted people. Like they're not officers, basically. They don't even get their hair done. Look at look at, look at the the quaff on that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's some like, quaff. Right. And there's there's um, that right there is Tomlinson's the a terror. R.I.P. Tomlinson. Uh, and then, okay, I, I'm trying to find that Yohura clip. I don't know exactly where to find it. Uh, sure, maybe right there. Right here? No, no, where the torpedo is coming in. The, it's where the red torpedo is coming in, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right about... It's when him and Rand are... No, you just passed it. There, there it is. is. Was it one that hits? Yeah. When they get hit by the torpedo, hits, right? Yeah. And this thing... Because he's with okay. This is the other thing. You see, like Yeoman Janice Rand uh, is still important in this first season and trying to, you know, I, I this is she, this she is the final appearance. Fun enough, in fact, this is the final appearance of Yeoman Janice Who are Rand. Those guys in the red suits. Well, they're just red shirts, but see, that's Yeoman Janice Rand. There, she's yeah. supposed to be Kirk's secretary, basically, right? And yeah, um, she's supposed to be like her his assistant kind of thing. Yeah, but she doesn't come back until the motion picture. This is her. When she kills life. that Vulcan guy. Yeah, when she kills all the guys in the transporter. Yeah, that's the final. Like, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. She, this is transporter killer right there. This is her swan song. Yeah, that's it. Not yeah. really that, but like, she's getting awfully close to the Kirk man. Like, yeah, and and I love the way they shoot her. Like, especially I think it's coming up right here where she like walks by Kirk, and I don't know it's it's after. He grabbed her ass there for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> you could tell. Yeah, it's right here. Watch, watch, watch the way this is shot. See. <laughs> interesting <laughs> it makes me laugh the way that was shot 
that just it was like take two steps forward so your face is perfectly in the frame you know like it was so carefully coordinated i love this part too where spock's like impossible captain there's nothing we could do yeah <laughs> I, it's fixed i don't know how you fix the like, phasers look at, there, look at the lighting in these scenes though like the the lighting is phenomenal in this episode look at that that's awesome they never quite shoot it that way um it's not shot like that most of the time yeah with that red above them and well, well, look like, how many different colors are on his face and just yeah, like, like his eyes you look right into his eyes with this lighting oh um, they always did that in the 60s they did that they always like they, they always made sure that the most br- light, lightly br- uh part was their eyes and it was like a slit like go, what goes right across their eyes yeah yeah it almost looks like they wear masks kind of thing yeah okay so back to fun facts or i'm trying to yeah. find the uhura but that wasn't it let's uh, see if we can find uhura while you're doing the rest of the fun facts okay um the rarely seen command uh yeah sorry uh the music featured during the opening scene of the wedding ceremony is the 19th century english t- tune long long ago so da, 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 uh, okay. oh here comes the bride though that's what it is yeah but it's not it's actually an 18th like the 19th century thing oh called, see i'm so glad they didn't keep those helmets long oh, long ago man those helmets um, are brutal yeah anyway Although phasers are used throughout the episode, the visual effect seen in that, which later became used for photon torpedo launches, probably because the term photon torpedo was not invented until later in the season in Star Trek Arena, uh, Arena 1967, Kirk orders the phasers to be set for proximity blasts. Each phaser blast acts like a Navy depth charge. Well, it was cool because you don't see that normally. Which goes back to what about this guy? That run deep, uh, what was his name? The guy on the on earth outpost uh, who number cares? four he's hansen justin what, what about justice for hansen look Fuck he's hansen. like hey, i'm switching to i'm switching to monitors he's standing in the middle of a fire he deserves what he gets right he's like oh enterprise look at him he's like there's a fire literally in front of him and he's like let me talk to you for a while why don't you go find a fire extinguisher get the hell out of there bud <laughs> he was like yeah he's like what's happening no you hear in the back of that he look like he's having a day he's having a day oh yeah he's having a rough go <laughs> But yeah, all, he looks like Pike when he's in the chair. He looks a little <laughs> bit, yeah, like Pike after the accident, a little bit. Uh, like Matt Decker. Spock is just like, yeah, he's 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 screwed. Look at Sulu. <laughs> Sulu's like, why am I here? <laughs> like he's like, this guy's overacting. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't do anything. What like did he do? Go to the William Shatner school overacting? <laughs> What's going on here? He knows he's about to be blown up by Romulans too. He, like, he's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but yet he had time to have a conversation. Okay, so didn't have time uh, to find a pirate extinguisher. Remember how I said it was a top ten episode for me? Okay, at the 50th anniversary Star Trek convention in Las Vegas in August 2016, fans voted this the eighth best episode of Star Trek. Eighth of the whole franchise. So, so like obviously the whole uh, the, franchise. Oh wow! Yeah, City That's on the uh, Edge of Forever was was ranked higher. It was. The, I think uh, that's the still game. most people's favorite. That's, like that's the Joan Collins one, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one you hate. I don't hate it. You just didn't like it as much as we did. I didn't like it as much as everybody else liked it. Yeah. I thought if Joan Collins wasn't in it, it wouldn't be as good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my okay, opinion, it might be better. We already touched on this, but uh, this is the first time they've done a marriage in Star Trek, but they did it multiple times after. They but uh, they took the they, they said they might have taken this from the idea from the uh, African Queen, 1951. Uh, which I guess did the same thing. Kind of had a wedding on a ship, and then they they did it again on uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Data's Day. Yes. Uh, and, and they also did it in Insurrection. O'Brien but. and Keiko. 
Yeah, O'Brien and Kegel. Yeah. Uh, an almost unnoticed bit of staging might indicate that Angela Martine was Catholic as she is genuflecting before the altar in the ship's chapel during her aborted wedding ceremony. While hardly co uh, controversial today, for the 1960s, it was a fairly bold thing to do to, for the show, considering the prejudice against Catholics that was still common in the United States in those days. Yeah. Note, however, that this is not exclusively a Roman Catholic practice. Some Episcopalians, for example, also genuflected in front of the altar. Hmm. Um, okay, so the title is based upon the concept of balance of power, where there is a, par a parity or stability between competing forces. Right, like the Cold War, basically. Yeah. There is only one time in which the ship's weaponry is fired through a chain of commands, Kirk to Styles to Phaser Room. Although Star Trek The Corbinite Maneuver comes close with Bailey's phaser drills. This gives the episode more of its submarine versus destroyer feel. Yeah, it was a bit weird that like yeah, because that room fills up with a, a coolant leak, Jeff. I don't know if you noticed that, but it was a it was a phaser coolant. We leak. got a cool. We got a coolant leak in here. We got a coolant leak down here, Captain. Oh no, I'm Scotty. You're not. <laughs> coolant leak. <laughs> Everybody out. Yeah, you do the Jordy one better. But like, sure. yeah, that you had to go. You had to fire phasers from that room. You couldn't fire from the bridge. Yeah. Right. right. Which, which seems pretty which seems pretty uh odd when considering you know you have the ability to travel at warp in space but you can't you know put a switch on the bridge. yeah they were, they were committed to this whole submarine uh thing well i so. understand that yeah. yeah i get it but anyway okay so the romulan empire is noticeably modeled after the roman empire the terms centurion and praetor are borrowed from ancient rome the only name uh, Romulan in the story introduced herself as Odysseus, which is a Latin name used in ancient Rome. Despite the heavy Roman theme, he is the only Roman character to have a Latin or Roman name until Star Trek with the Roman Romulan character Nero. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. That's neat. It, it would appear that Starfleet regulations do not prohibit romantic relationships between superior and subordinate officers as the relationship between Tomlinson and Martine is portrayed as such. Okay, so like... But she, uh, he says they that... They probably said, had to put that in for Kirk. He says that I'm still your superior officer for now. I think I think I got the impression that that maybe wouldn't be the case anymore. I'm willing to bet that when they gave Kirk that ship, they went, they went it's going to be a unisex ship. He's like, you better change that fucking law. <laughs> no, that's the whole thing, is that Starfleet has got men and women and yeah. whatever, and, and like, and people... Equality. That's, that is the thing about Starfleet is that it's kind of a different service organization than other. It turns out later they're pricks, but we'll figure that out later. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Back, back in this thing, they were wholesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so here, the Styles, uh, Styles's outward hostility towards Spock is borderline insubordinate. I don't know if it's borderline. <laughs> no, I think it's very <laughs> insubordinate. Yeah, it's it's important. Sit down, Mister. My my favorite scene, which we actually just saw a couple seconds ago, is when uh, Spock is behind him. Spock like comes up to him and says something or something, and he just kind of gives him this kind of like shit look. He's like, "Why are you behind me? Why are you so close to me?" Kind of thing. It's like, wow, there really is some prejudice going on there. Um. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's some interesting stuff. When Leonard Nimoy held out for a better contract after the first season, Mark Leonard and Lawrence Montang were the two leading candidates to replace Spock. 
Nimoy eventually got a raise from $1,250 per episode to $2,500 per episode, so they doubled. That's greedy. That's a lot of fucking money in the 60s, man. How how much, though, did Leonard Nimoy have to keep going back and renegotiate his shit? He always had to. From what you yeah, you always had to. You're always hearing every story about it, yeah. But you never hear that about William Shatner. Shatner will work for peanuts if he can. They're like, we'll put you on a camera. He's like, done. Yeah. <laughs> what, bro, who, what's that one he used to um, always do the endorsements for? Uh, like, did you, Dave, did you know that there is a running theme of, uh, of the number 47 in Star Trek? I've, I've heard this. Is that I like a hitchhiker's why. thing or something or something like that? It's it, it, Every time I go into these fun facts, there's always like, this is a 47 reference. And there is a multiple, multiple episodes where they use the number 47. So in this, yeah, I, that's I, not I, really on my radar. I've heard well, this before, but it I don't is now. Know what. It's not on my sensors. No. Well, now it is. It's on your, it's on your sensors now. Uh, Kirk states that the Enterprise has been waiting motionless for nine hours and forty-seven minutes, and there was a bunch of other episodes that we've been doing. I've just been skipping this part, but maybe I should bring it up because it seems to be a thing um, that the number forty-seven seems to be written written into a lot of these scripts. So, okay. Several yeah. sources state that the ship's chapel was a, re- a redress of the transporter room. Yet in this episode and the other episodes, the chapel is seen Star Trek The Thrilling Web. The chapel is an obvious redress of the briefing room. Hmm. Maybe they just move it around. Yeah, it's just a redress. It's like they take the well, table out of the middle and they put chairs. They don't actually have a chapel and they just kind of set up shop. Look at the same room that the space hippies were in. Kind of like 10 forward. 10 forward is used for like a concert hall. It's used for like drama, you know. They use it for everything. Okay, so uh, given that the Romulans were originally from Vulcan, it could be postulated that Spock's father, Sarek, is a distant relative of the Romulan commander, which would explain why they look so similar. That's a good. That's a good. Theory. Good enough, anyway. Yep. During Spock- thousands of years, like it's not like yeah. they're, they're second cousins, but they could, they could be like you know hundredth cousins. Though. Yeah. How many more of these do you got, Jeff? Got a few more. <laughs> All right, because we're at like quarter after nine now. Yeah, and Foster's on the line. And Foster's. Oh, is he? Yeah, okay. We got another podcast. All right, well, All right, well we can uh, we can oh, call just... it on the fun facts. Yeah, nothing else of interest there. Want one more? Sure. One more. Take it home. Give us the best one you got left. Okay. In a deleted scene, before the Romulan commander destroys his own ship, Kirk salutes him, and the commander responds with a bow. Maybe another reference to the Japanese uh, kind of uh, uh, correlations that I was saying earlier. That was deleted. See, that would have changed it, Adam. That would have made it so fast. The entire episode would have been fast if they kept that scene. (laughs) All right, let's get some ratings in here, everyone. Um... I'm going to go first, if you don't mind. Not at all. I'm going to give this a 10. You're going to give it a 10? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's a 10, but wow. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Jeff? It's like an 8 for me. Still a respectable score. Dad? I'm going to go for 9.2. 9.2. All right. And Adam? I, I like this episode more talking about it, so I'm going to 9. And jokes. I'm gonna give this a nine five, man. This is this is almost the top for me. Yeah, I can't think of a better episode in Star Trek. And it should be no surprise that that makes it our top rated episode overall by quite a bit. Uh, I guess City on the Edge of Forever eight point nine, pretty good. 
Um, Great episode. Pretty close in rank. Uh, but yeah, this is topping it just a bit. And it has an 8.9 on IMDb. Actually, technically not. Or combined average. Well, combined. If you go combined. If you bring in the IMDb. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just to kind of give us a guidepost to kind of understand how how our the IMDb compared. give this one. Eight point nine. Oh, that's pretty respectable. Yeah. So, so everybody's pretty close to IMDb here. Right. Other so, than uh, Jeff, he's a little bit lower, but not uh, too much. Do we have Do we have our episode for next week? Yes, we do. Oh, and what would that be? It would be the Doomsday. Device. Oh, the Doomsday. Device. That's a good episode. And I don't know what season or episode. Uh, Doomsday, that's second season, I think. Doomsday Device. I think it's second season. Oh, maybe it's the first season. All right, well, we'll figure out what season it is. Yeah, it's the machine. Doomsday Machine. Yeah, it's that big it's uh, paper mache and, uh, project in space. Uh, They're trying to tell you have it wrong. Ooh, is that the, that the one? Yes, I know that one. The big... Yeah, and Matt Decker, and he's just crazy, yeah. and yeah, it's great. It's it's a great um, thing. It is. It's a good episode. All right. Well, thank you all. I uh, thank you to the audience. I know this was uh, the third time we tried to go out. Um, I'm excited to see. It looks like the simulcast on Facebook and YouTube did work this time, so we seem to have it uh, on both, which will save me a ton of uh, time. Oh, we're actually doing that. both. It seems like it seems like we. I have to. I'll have to go and check it as soon as we go off. But it seems that that worked. Uh, I'm just gonna quickly plug everything else we got going on here. So uh, just stay if you're if you want more podcasting tonight. Check us out on Super Mater Brothers podcasting. Jeff and I are gonna be going on with Josh Foster to talk about past seasons of Survivor. That's a whole new series we're doing. Uh, we did um, Millennials versus Gen X, and now we're doing Survivor 29 Kagayan from 2013, which is a great season. I'm I'm looking forward to talking about that. Uh, also here on Live Long and Podcast, uh, you know, check us out on on Sunday. Um, what do I need to hide here? Um, Your radio theater. Because we're going to be doing Star Trek Radio Theater on Sunday morning. We're doing an episode of Deep Space Nine, uh, Move Along Home, which is a really bad episode of Deep Space Nine. So it's going to be pretty funny. This um, is the Alan Moraine one. This is Alan Moraine one. Yeah. Ah, brutal. Yeah. So uh, I'm playing the part of Quark uh, in this episode. And uh, we have uh, uh, Jeff playing the part of Dr. You Bashir. You got Kevin Millard on this too? We got, well, he's typecast as, as Fallow. He, he really is Fallow. We, we said you have to play him because... You look so much like him, so it's uh, yeah. that, that's part of what, why we're doing that. Fair enough, and uh, and and whatnot. So check that out Sunday morning. Uh, also, you can listen to that after the fact. And Tuesdays we do Star Trek: D Space Nine podcasts. Oh, and Sunday, Sunday also we have trivial debates. Sunday afternoon we're doing trivial Sunday, debates. Sunday, Jeff's hosting. Sunday. We got Jody versus Jamil versus Chris Seymour. So it's going to be interesting. And check out all that. That's that will start on Sunday afternoon. And over there's a on pandemic on. <laughs> Why you say <laughs> that's why there's all these podcasts right now? <laughs> yeah, well, guys usually outside playing hockey. Uh, yeah, I know that I'd be playing hockey, but since it's a pandemic, podcast empire that's what we're doing. So, <laughs> here we go. Uh, check us out any of those, uh, and we'll check you next week here on Ted Trex. All right, for the for the doomsday machine, there's a new team in the NHL today, too. By the way, the Kraken, unfortunately. Kraken. Ugly, ugly logo, ugly, ugly logo, stupid name. Yeah. I don't know what they did there. I like the name. The logo is shit. Oh, it's garbage. It looks like it should be a baseball logo. Why aren't they not? Green? Yeah. It should have been green and yellow. It's something. a mix between a, the Seattle Mariners and the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah makes I, sense. Guess, I guess you got to drink the Kraken uh, vodka or, or what is it? Vodka rum. Rum. Yeah. Rum, yeah. 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 Um, How terrible is that? Oh, okay.
Okay. Well, okay, guys. Okay. All right, All right, everybody. Have a good night, and uh, thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, Dad. <laughs> oh, thank you.